the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. You know, one of the uh, the most incredible things that, that I've seen uh, happened at JFK Airport, JFK International Airport in New York City. Hello, everybody. I'm Todd Starnes, and what a great honor to have you with us today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us uh, for three hours of a great conversation on the radio. I was uh, reading the story. Someone sent this to me. They said, Todd, you got you to check this out. You know, one of the, one of the stories that, that has not really been covered as well as uh, the rest of this uh, horrible, horrible situation that's unfolding in Israel, is the fact that Israel has called up uh, thousands, tens of thousands of reserve troops. And many of those individuals do not live in Israel. As a matter of fact, a good many live here in the United States. And it's been quite the scene at airports around the nation as we watch these these young men, American men of Jewish heritage, who are packing their bags and they're going back to the homeland to stand alongside Israelis to fight for their country. And it really says something to me. There's, there's just something uh, intensely patriotic about these Jewish Americans that are willing to leave the comfort and the relative security of America, get on board an airplane, and fly back to, to Israel. There's something, there's something about that that is noble and honorable. And when they arrive at the airport in Tel Aviv, the images and the audio has just been overwhelming. The crowds of people literally filling the airport and cheering these young men as they're getting off the, the airplanes. And we're talking about young men, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. And they are going home to protect the homeland. Someone sent me this this story out of JFK. There's an Orthodox Jewish man who was standing near the the ticket counter. When you go into JFK, it's a massive facility, uh, JFK International Airport, and there is a um, a cavern. The, the the terminals are just are cavernous, and there is a counter for El Al, which is the uh, Israeli airline one of the best airlines in the world, and there was an Orthodox Jewish man, and he was just standing there. And he had told the ticket agents, anybody anybody who's going to 
Israel to fight, I'm paying for their ticket. So understand this. So not only are these young American, these Jewish American boys, not only are they going back to flight, they're paying their own way. So this beautiful Orthodox Jewish man is standing there, and he's got his credit card, and he literally paid for 250 airline tickets for these reservists who had been called back up. So Avi Amayer, who is the editor-in-chief of the Jerusalem Post, um, shared the story. And the, the donor, does not, he doesn't want any attention, doesn't want anybody to know his name, but he just wanted to do his part to help. And I just think that's a beautiful thing. And good for these young men who are going back to fight. Uh, folks, the, the news out of Israel is not good. It is getting worse. The attacks continue. Can you believe, this is shocking to believe, but the the rockets are still being fired at Israel from Gaza. And there have been some accounts that uh, the the Hamas terrorists may have upwards of 25,000, 30,000 rockets. Where did they get those rockets? They got them from Iran. Everybody knows this. It's a joke to think otherwise. But now there are grave concerns that Israel may be fighting the war on three fronts, including uh, uh, violence now erupting in the West Bank, and of course the rockets coming over the Lebanese border, uh, courtesy of Hezbollah. So the latest now is uh, getting new reports that more paragliders are being used on attacks on the Israeli homeland. And it it is getting bad. But let me say this, ladies and gentlemen, the wrath of God is about to rain down on Gaza. And when that when that ground invasion begins, it is going to get get ugly very quickly. Meanwhile, here in this country, and this is really the starting point of, of the program and our conversation today, there's some very disturbing stuff happening on our college and university campuses. Now I know it's here we have a lot of fun on this program and we mock and ridicule and belittle the, uh, the, the perpetually offended little snowflakes with the man buns, the pronoun-confused crowd. We do not laugh with them. We laugh at them. We do, and we do that with great joy and gusto. But when you set that aside, when you set aside the, the wokeness that has infected the, the university campuses, by the way, courtesy of our tax dollars, these are taxpayer-funded universities, Aside from the Ivy League schools, when you set that aside, you realize that there has been an infestation of Jew hatred on our university and college campuses, a hatred of the Jews that I think even surpasses what was happening back in the 1930s and the 1940s in this country and and worldwide, but specifically here in America. Did you see the did you see the video coming out of Dearborn, Michigan last night? It's as if Michigan, the state of Michigan has become an Islamic state. This is unbelievable. One of the largest Muslim populations in all of America. And by the way, can, let me stop here for just stop here for just slam on the brakes for just a moment. Nobody there's only one talk radio station that's or talk radio program that's doing this. But we have been very clear 
when you talk about Hamas and Hezbollah, when you talk about the Palestinians, there's one word nobody likes to use. But we've been using it on this program. Muslims. All of them are Muslims. All of them. And at the, that's what's at the heart of all of this, is that all of these Muslims want to destroy Israel. Period. Nobody wants to talk about that, but that's what's going on. So when they're shouting, you know, Allah Akbar, they're doing they're doing that because that's what their faith commands them to do, at least in their interpretation of their faith. Islam, they say, is the religion of peace. Well, you're getting a good look at the religion of peace and what they're up to over in Israel right now. But you had thousands of people in Dearborn, Michigan, and honest to goodness, folks, I there must I, I could not count the number of Palestinian flags that were flying. Not a single American flag. Not a single American flag in the bunch. What does that tell you? And quite frankly, I am very concerned about the future of this country. I'm going to get to the campus as I know I'm on a tangent right now. But then you have this situation out of uh, George Washington University where the students are calling for genocide against genocide against the, the Jewish people. Got number seven. Our homeland. We will never capitulate to the colonizer. And we stand firm and steadfast in our people's right to resist. We call upon all of our people and those in solidarity with us to join us in the struggle. These events have only reaffirmed what every Palestinian knows deeply, that we will see a liberated Palestine within our lifetimes. The settler colony will fall, our land will be liberated, and we will return to our homes again. Palestine will be free from the river to the sea. Free, free Palestine! Free, free Palestine! Free, free Palestine! Free, free Palestine! Long live Palestine! Long live Palestine! Long live Palestine! All right, so what you're hearing here, and so this, it's a phrase. It's a phrase that's being used over and over again on university campuses around the nation. And that tells me there is a coordination here, that there's something more, there's something going on behind the scenes. And you have to look at the tentacles of all of this, and you have to go go back to the Muslim student associations uh, that were popping up all over America over a decade ago on these college campuses. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of very bad things happening on our college and university campuses right now. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And when you hear that phrase from the river to the sea, uh, what that tell that that land, that geographic location from the river to the sea, that's called Israel. And so what they're calling for, it's a very clever thing they're doing. They're literally calling for the removal of Israel from the map. That's what's going on here. And it's happening at university campuses all over America. Yesterday, a yesterday a student at the University of Memphis sent me some video. And it is absolutely chilling video. Because I thought that at least here in Memphis, Tennessee, we've got problems, but we didn't have an infestation of Jew haters. Clearly, that turned out not to be the case. Now, yesterday, they had 
dozens, maybe a hundred or so students at the University of Memphis that rallied in support of Hamas. At the University of Memphis here in the South. And you've got these people marching, and what did they what was the chant? From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That's the chant. And when they say that, you know these are very bad people. There was not a single condemnation of the beheading of the babies. Not a single person wept or mourned for the children that were burned alive. Not a single person, not a single person at the University of Memphis stood up there and defended all of the young people, people their age, who were slaughtered at the Peace Festival. Nobody did. And why were they upset? They were upset because the governor of Tennessee ordered all of the state flags to fly at half-staff in memory of all those that were killed by the Muslims. And the student organizers were enraged by that. They They posted a statement at the University of Memphis. This statement stigmatizes us and reinforces negative stereotypes and misconceptions in context of Palestinians. Then they turned around and accused Israel of genocide, of ethnic cleansing and taking land away from the Palestinians. And then at the University of Memphis, the University of Memphis, the student organizer said, and hear this, because you're hearing this line of of debate uttered on college campuses across the nation right now, quote, there is no such thing as innocent civilians under the context of settler colonialism. So let me explain here. They look at all of us, that would be people of the Caucasian persuasion who live in America, they would consider all of us to be colonialist, right? So this is why at George Washington University a couple of months ago, they said, well, we've got to get rid of our mascot. We can no longer be the GW Colonials. And why is that? Because they now consider that to be one of the worst crimes. It's, it's almost a form of racism in their minds. And so, therefore, they believe, let's just say, let's just say that, um, oh, I'm trying to think of an Indian tribe. We'll call them the Chippewa. I've got that song in my, my mind. I'm an Indian outlaw. Half Cherokee, half Choctaw. Mama, is a Chippewa? Is that it? I can't remember the lyrics. Any, all right, let's say Cherokee. Let's just say somebody from the Cherokee Nation decides he's going to take out a bunch of white people, all right? In their minds, that would be okay because we don't belong here. We're not supposed to be here. We're supposed to be, and I don't know where we're supposed to be because we can't go back to uh, the U.K. because that country's been overrun and taken over. So I'm not sure where we're supposed to go, but that's the whole point here. And they believe that the Jews are just like us, that we're, we're, not, we're occupying land we're not supposed to be on. And meanwhile, we've got millions of people coming up our southern border, coming up America's wazoo. And they're, folks, I'm telling you, this country is in a very bad spot, a very bad spot. So anyway, you've got all these people at the University of Memphis yesterday, and they're marching around. And I will say they're, I mean, they didn't, you know, they, they weren't calling for violence, but some guy walked by. Someone sent me this video. Some guy walked by, and all he said was, I've got the whole thing on video. Some guy walks by, and he just says this, Israel, 
And the language coming out of the so-called peaceful protesters at the University of Memphis was unreal. And then they chased the guy. I've got this all on video. They chased the poor pro-Israel guy into the student center at the University of Memphis. Fortunately, cooler heads jumped in, and they stopped the mob, the Palestinian mob, from, I don't know, doing Lord knows what. And I say doing Lord knows what because of what we have just seen happen with the pro-Palestinian people attacking Israel. So the people at the University of Memphis said this, the pro-Hamas crowd, we will not go through, again, they, they said, we will not allow you to go through without us educating them about the truth. Well, I don't know what that means. That sounds like a threat to me. So here's what needs to happen. We need to root out this Jew hatred on our university campuses. And we need to defund any university that does not. If you're an alum, you need to make sure that your your dollars, your gifts, are not going to fund Jew hatred. A lot more to say about this. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. Are you as frustrated as I am that males, boys, and men are being allowed to take away awards and opportunities from girls and women in sports? That girls are being sidelined in their own sports and put in harm's way? That our own federal government is pushing this? When our society ignores biological reality, it's women and girls who suffer. Thankfully, my friends at Alliance Defending Freedom are standing for truth and challenging this destructive agenda in the courts and legislatures nationwide. But they need your help. Join with ADF and be a champion for freedom. Just $19 a month will fuel the fight to protect our freedoms. Visit ToddStearns.com. That's ToddStearns.com and click the Champion for Freedom banner. Pledge your monthly gift of $19 or more to ADF or give your most generous one-time gift. And thanks to a friend of ADF, that first gift will be matched. Visit ToddStearns.com or call 855-417-6556. That's 855-417-6556. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Some breaking news from Capitol Hill, and we're going to get into this a little bit later as we get more details. Uh, House Republicans meeting behind closed doors, and they have selected Steve Scalise as their pick to be the next Speaker of the House. Again, this was all happening behind closed doors. Uh, This is according to Fox News. I'm sorry, for um, Newsmax, rather. Uh, Newsmax now reporting that the secret ballot has finished and and Scalise is the is the winner. So a full vote of the House will happen later today. We're going to have Congressman Andy Biggs with us. Also, Congressman Brian Mast will be here uh, a little bit later on to weigh in on that big story. All right, 844-747-8868 is our number. Here's the deal, folks. We've got a lot of folks on hold. Hang tight. I want to get to your calls right after the break. We're going to have a quick turnaround here. Uh, 844-747-8868. So the vote was between Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan. Uh, There was also a proposal on the table to change the nominating process uh, to avoid what happened in January, and that motion was killed. That idea uh, was killed. So a candidate will be required to receive the votes of a majority of the conference to be the nominee. Uh, so we're going to keep you updated on this. Uh, we um, are th- these. Uh, this news is just now breaking, and uh, we'll give you the very latest there. 
You think Scalise is going to be a good guy? If he is the pick, do you like Steve Scalise? All right, 844-747-8868 is our telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. All right, folks, stick around. We've got a lot more uh, coming your way, including Senator Rand Paul. He's going to be here. And Raymond Arroyo will drop by. Got a brand new book out. We'll be talking to him as well. All right, hang tight, everybody. This is the Ton Stern Show. Legacy Precious Metals has a revolutionary new online platform that allows you to invest in real gold and silver online. Hi, this is Todd Starnes, and in just a few easy steps, you can open an account online, select your metals of choice, and choose to have them stored in a vault or shipped to your door. You'll have access to a dashboard where you can track your portfolio growth in real time, anytime. And you'll see transparent pricing on every coin and bar. This puts you in complete control of your money. The platform is free to sign up for. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com and open your account and see this new investing platform for yourself. Gold hedges against inflation and against a volatile stock market. A true diversified portfolio isn't just more stocks and bonds, but different asset classes. And this new platform allows you to make investments in gold and silver, no matter how small or large, with a few clicks. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com to get started. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com or call 866-649-0304. That number again, 866-649-0304, and start investing today. All right, uh, folks, our friends over at Newsmax say uh, the House finishing up that secret ballot. Scalise is the winner. Under House rules, uh, here's how this works. The Republicans are expected to back the winner of that secret ballot. So then the the full House will vote, and we should have a speaker sometime later today. I also want to bring you up to speed on what's happening in the Middle East, where, man, it's just insane over there. Our good buddy Joel Rosenberg, um, who is a great friend of this program, a personal friend, uh, he and his wife uh, moved back to Israel from America. You might remember Joel wrote the... Uh, an incredible series of of novels, um, political thrillers, and uh, just really an amazing guy. Uh, he and his wife, three sons, all grown now, and uh, they're safe. But uh, it is certainly looking uh, bad right now. Northern Israel is now under attack from what they're calling hostile aircraft. We understand those to be another round of paragliders that are coming in. So, that's the very latest there. Uh, let's go to the phone lines, 844-747-8868. Taking your calls today on Steve Scalise. Do you think he is he's the right guy for the job? And also, what's happening in Israel? Let's go to Greg in Georgia. All right, Greg, what's on your mind today? Well, I got a couple things. Um, I would have liked to have seen Jim Jordan, but I don't know too much about Scalise because Jim Jordan seems to be more visible than him. That's that's all I know about that. But I do have a question. Is it true we cannot remove a president if we declare war? Does this mean we won't have a presidential election? Because if that happens, I'm going to declare mutiny. No, not at all. Um, you know, a president can be removed from office. Um, I mean, if they've done something wrong and uh, they've done something that's impeachable, uh, they can be removed from office. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're right smack in the middle of a war. 
Well, I was just curious because I have a bunch of people telling me you can't remove a president if it's declared war, if it's in wartime. Well, you you can. Um, now, the president may declare martial law. You know, they could try to do all sorts of things, but the reality is that president is, you know, let's just say, for example, that you're in the middle of an election cycle and a war breaks out. Whoever the new president is becomes the president. So you're going to have a new president regardless. Good. That's all. That's all. That's my biggest concern right there. All right. Yep. Don't worry about that. Yeah. There's a lot of things to be worried about, Greg. I, that's that's not one of them. So you're good. All right. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate all, it. Hey, you got it. All right. Thanks, Greg. Let's go to New Orleans. Miss Janice is on the line. Hey, Miss Janice, what's going on? Hey, how you doing, Todd? I'm well. Listen. Um, yeah, I'm very concerned about what is going on now. In in the Bible, I don't know, you know, the whole thing or anything, but there's in Revelation it speaks about war, rumor war, pestilence, and all kinds of things, increasing earthquakes and everything. And I really believe that we are definitely in the end times. Now these people that are rampaging on the college campuses, let me tell you, if I had a college, if I was in charge of a college, I'd tell them, you don't own this property, and you're not going to behave this way. Now you go. Go to the park, go on the sidewalk, do something, but you're not going to do it here. Now, when it comes down to Biden, anybody listening to me, I don't know if any liberals listen to this show. Oh, we've got a few. Well, they better rethink themselves or reimagine themselves, as the new expression goes, because we are in trouble. If there are people all across the United States in favor of beheading children and everything, there's no telling what could happen here in our own country with these traitors. There really isn't. And we need to vote for whoever. It may not be Trump. He may not be the nominee. But if he is, whoever the nominee is, vote Republican. Because Biden is destroying this country. People are walking in to this country each and every day. And we don't know who they are. I heard the other day that many of them can't even be checked because their country that they come from either won't give the information, the background information, or they don't have it. And this is highly dangerous to our country. I saw Rashida Tlaib the other day. A woman was asking her, her opinion on beheading of children. And do you know she didn't have a word? She just walked away. This is sinful, people. This is the United States of America. We need to protect our country. Joe Biden is a danger to us and these countries like China and Korea and and other places see that. And we could be attacked. This is not good. And you better get on your knees and pray that nothing happens here because I don't see anything stopping it at this point. Janice, I, I hate to agree with you, but but you're you're right. And they have allowed so many evil people to come into this country, and and a lot of them have been flown into your city, other cities around the nation, courtesy of our tax dollars. And we don't know who these people are. They have not been vetted. Many of them don't have any IDs, and many of them are very dangerous people. And we have it's. It's only going to be through the grace of God that we are spared some sort of a, of a terrorist attack in this country. Janice, appreciate that call. Thank you for listening. Speaking of Rashida Tlaib, a Fox News reporter tracked her down. 
Rashida Tlaib is a raging Muslim activist, congresswoman, and she's out there refusing, refusing to condemn Hamas for slaughtering this, these little babies. Now, if if you can't have the courage to get out there and condemn the slaughter of babies, you have no business being anywhere near Congress. But this woman clearly represents her people back home in her district. Cut number five. Terrorists have um, cut off babies' heads and burned children alive. Do you support Israel's rights to defend themselves against brutality? We're just going to go through here. You can't comment about Hamas terrorists chopping off babies' heads? Congresswoman, do you have a comment on Hamas terrorists chopping off babies' heads? You have nothing to say about Hamas terrorists chopping off babies' heads? Dog Do you condone what Hamas has done, chopping off babies' heads, burning children alive, raping women in the street? You have no comment about children's heads being chopped off? Congressman, why do you have the Palestinian flag outside your office if you do not condone what Hamas terrorists have done to Israel? Do Israeli lives not matter to you? Wow. So let me set the scene here. You, They were going through a series of corridors, and, I mean, they were – it was like uh, one of these uh, – one of these uh, rat mazes, you know, and it's like they're they're walking this way, then that way, then this way, and then they come to this long corridor where there's an elevator, and and Talib was clearly she was trying to hide her head, she she um she had her head down, and you know why? You know why Rashida Talib, ladies and gentlemen, did not condemn the slaughter of those babies? It's because she supports that. And I suspect that if Rashida Tlaib was over there in the middle of all of this carnage and chaos, she would be out there with Hamas, with with a sword or whatever they were using. We're talking about some pretty evil people here. And it's not just, look, it's not just there. Uh, here is a state representative, a guy by the name of Tim Hernandez. Take a listen to this guy. And I think it's despicable what they're protesting for and what you're protesting for. And the fact that you can't condemn women and children and elderly people being murdered in the streets. What about it? Do you condemn it? I already said. Why can't you say yes? Because I already gave you my answer. You didn't give an answer. And every, I think anybody who watches would understand what your actual position is here. Watch your video wrestle. All right. Uh, there you, so that guy is a state representative in Colorado Tim Hernandez, and he refuses, he refuses to condemn the slaughter of innocent babies. Look, here's how bad it is. Even the far-left Denver Post condemned this guy and said lawmakers cannot, elected lawmakers cannot stay silent on this kind of genocide. It's, it's, it's unbelievable what's happening out there, folks. I'm just telling you. I want to go back a decade or so ago. Well, this is a little longer than a decade. It was 2010, the University of California, San Diego, and our good friend David Horowitz was at some sort of a um, a lecture at um, UC San, San Diego, San Diego, or San Diego. 
It means whales. Of, okay, I can't go there. Sorry, my apologies. Um, so anyway, a Muslim student, and she, 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 she's, a, she's a firecracker, this one, decided she was going to confront David Horowitz. I want you to listen very closely. This was 13 years ago on American soil. Take a listen. Good evening. I uh, just wanted to say thank you for coming to campus tonight and uh, presenting your point of view. It's always valuable to have two sets of uh, views going on at the same time. Um, very useful. Uh, my name is Jumana Imad Musa Ahmed Al-Bahri. You can call me um, Sally. And I'm a student here at UCSD. Uh, I was reading your literature. I found that much more interesting than the talk. And um, I found some interesting things about the MSA, which is an organization that's very active on campus, and it is hosting uh, our annual Hitler Youth Week. You should come out to those events. Um, if you could clarify the connection between the MSA and jihad terrorist networks, because yeah, you last, last I checked, we had to do our own fundraising, and uh, we never get help from anyone. So if you could clarify the connection between UCSD's MSA, or if you don't have such information, if you could connect other MSAs on UCs, because the connection wasn't too clear in the pamphlet, just if you could clarify. Okay. Will you uh, condemn Hamas here and now? I'm sorry, what? Will you condemn Hamas? Here it is. Would I condemn Hamas? As a terrorist organ, genocidal organ. Are you asking me to put myself on a cross? So you won't. I, I actually have had this experience many times. You didn't read the pamphlet because the pamphlet is chapter and verse. Uh, the main connection is that the MSA is part of the Muslim Brotherhood Network as revealed in the documents. I don't think you understood what anyway, I meant by that. I is, meant if I say something, I'm sure that I will be arrested for reasons of Homeland Security. So if you could please just answer my question. If you condemn Hamas, Homeland Security will arrest you. If I support you. Hamas, because your question forces me to condemn Hamas, if I support Hamas, well, I look really bad. If you bad. don't condemn Hamas, obviously you support it. Case closed. <laughs> And I want to know, why was that woman allowed to remain in the United States of America? But there you go. Just so you understand here, uh, the Muslim community, by and large, supports Hamas. And you say, Todd, how can you? How can you say something like that? Okay, point me to the Muslims that are out there marching in the streets condemning Hamas here in America. Point me to the Muslims on our university campuses that are out there condemning the slaughter of these little babies send me, just show me the Muslims that are out there condemning this. Not a one. Not a one, ladies and gentlemen. And then you had, and we will pull this audio from MSDNC, when you have Andrea Mitchell asking a woman who lost her children, how do you feel? How the hell do you think I feel? Come on. Unbelievable. All right, we got to take a break. We're going to Chris in North Carolina. The lines are opening up, 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. When the government used emergency edicts during COVID to restrict the gathering and worship of churches, three pastors facing the risk of imprisonment, unlimited fines, and their own churches being ripped apart, took a courageous stand and reopened their doors in the face of a world that chose to comply. The Essential Church is a feature-length documentary that explores the struggle between the church and government throughout history. This fascinating story uncovers those who've sacrificed their lives throughout history for what they truly believe in. 
we discover why the church is essential and how we prove that this stand remains true from a scientific, legal, and most importantly, biblical perspective. This is not your typical movie. It'll change your life. You need to see this movie with your friends and family. The Essential Church is streaming today exclusively at SalemNow.com. That's Essential Church, streaming at SalemNow.com. All right, let's uh, go to the phones here. 844-747-8868, Asheville, North Carolina. Chris on the line. Hey, Chris, what's going on? Hi, Todd. Thank you for taking my my call. Happy to do it. What can I do for you? I'm sitting here crying and praying. I'm a Christian. I can't believe that nobody, that anybody wouldn't feel remorse over the 40 beheaded babies. That is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, no, no remorse, Chris. I mean, if you think about it, Rashida Tlaib, imagine what kind of a statement this Muslim woman could have made, a, a Muslim woman of prominence. She could have stopped in that hallway and said, you know what, you and I disagree, Fox News, on a lot of stuff, but on this we can agree. This was horrible. This was evil. This was monstrous. This is not who we are. She could have done that, but she she took a pass. Well, I don't even know anybody over there, and I can feel remorse and sadness. Yeah. And I, I wanted to ask you, the other day you mentioned about a pastor from Tennessee that was over there with a group of people from his church, and I wondered if you had heard from him, if yes, okay. So yeah, everybody is okay, and they're just trying to get out. And the, the problem there is that the Biden administration is uh, being a bit squishy right now on on how people should go about doing that uh, because a lot of the airlines have canceled flights and the Biden administration is telling people to, to fly commercial. So it may be where we could have a mass evacuation uh, being led by the military, which is one of the reasons why not one but two carrier groups are are steaming to the area. We don't know who these people are that have come over here. and, and- Nope. I blame Biden for opening the border. Trump had it closed. It was fine. Everything was going good. He bought all the materials to finish the wall, and Biden's been selling them or auctioning them off. What up? What up? Mm-hmm. Chris, I, I can't think of enough ad- adjective. It's 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 mind blowing, and we're right. I mean, every we're all in danger. Every single person listening to this radio program is in danger. And we just have to pray that God protects all of us from these very bad people that are in our country right now and very concerned about the sleeper cells that may be activated. Uh, Chris got a run. Uh, The news coming in from Israel is now there is fierce fighting on the northern border. That's the border with Lebanon and Hezbollah. And they're telling people to shelter into place uh, that the enemy has crossed the border and there is fierce fighting underway. I want to play this clip real quick. You're going to hear this. This is MSDNC. This is the Hamas News Network. Take a listen. Yeah, I'm sure you want them to be with people they know so that they're not alone there. But what are your feelings about the, the, the attacks against Gaza right now? Um, how can I the government... Say, uh- Look, you're looking for a symmetrical situation, and I must say, it isn't. Um, If you were dealing with a a war 
who is between two countries. Countries don't take children hostages, I'm sorry. It's against the laws of war. It's against humanity. It's against anything that we all believe in. Every time we had missiles uh, shot at us, I used to say to my children that they should be sympathetic towards the children of Gaza because they suffer a lot more than they do. I'm not sure I still believe in it now. And I must say the only worry I have now from uh, the bombings in Gaza is the fact that my children are there. And I can't be sympathetic anymore. I can't be sympathetic to animal human beings. Well, they're not really human beings who came into my house, broke everything, stole everything, took my children from their bedrooms and took them to the Gaza Strip. Israel never done that and will never do. So she, this woman, in her in unimaginable grief, her children kidnapped by Hamas, in her unimaginable grief, she knew what MSDNC was up to. She knew what the Hamas News Network was up to, and she said, oh, nope, not going to play that game. Because they wanted her to be sympathetic and condemn Israel. That's what that's what they were wanting. They didn't count on that woman dropping some truth bombs right there. All right, folks, got to take a break. Hour two coming up next. We'll be right back. MyPillow is celebrating its 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold. Mike Lindell at MyPillow wants to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in the history of MyPillow. You're going to get their queen-size MyPillow for $19.98, regular price $69.98, and just $10 more, you're going to be able to get a king-size pillow. You're going to receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products like bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing products you've had your eye on. Go to MyPillow.com slash Starns. That's MyPillow.com slash Starns. Use the promo code Starns to get this amazing offer of the queen-size MyPillow for $19.98 or call 1-800-839-8506. The offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's MyPillow.com slash Starns. Use the promo code Starns or call 800-839-8506, promo code Starns. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Starnes radio program. We are proudly broadcasting border to border, coast to coast, across the Fruited Plain on 140 radio stations. And we welcome you uh, to the program. Some breaking news. uh, This just coming out from uh, our friends at Newsmax. 22 Americans now confirmed killed in the Hamas terrorist attacks. Uh, That's 22 people killed um, in the the attacks. Many others uh, have been kidnapped. And it is uh, going from bad to worse. We also understand now fierce fighting underway along the Lebanese border. That's in northern Israel, that would be Hezbollah. So a lot of fighting is underway, and there are reports that there is fighting in the West Bank as well. So now you're looking at a war on at least three fronts. We also understand that paragliders, terrorist paragliders, are now infiltrating northern Israel. So a lot going on. We're going to be talking to uh, our friend Colonel 
David Giamona in just a little while. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, our good friend Raymond Arroyo. Uh, Before all of this broke out, we had scheduled him to talk about his brand-new book coming out, The Magnificent uh, Mischief of Tad Lincoln, and we are going to do that. Uh, Raymond, good to have you with us today. Yeah, Todd, always great to be with you, even on dark days like this. It's It's important for us to report the dark truths, but also point to the light, which I know you do all the time. And Raymond, I um, watch you a lot uh, frequently on Laura's show over on Fox, and uh, they've had you out and about uh, and really uh, checking the pulse speed of America on what's happening in Israel. Well, you know, it's a heartbreaker when you see this. I mean, you and I have been there. Uh, where, you know, this is the Holy Land. It's, it's precious to three religions. But the divisions that we're seeing, that people are trying to sow here in the United States over this conflict, is remarkable to me. And we should not fall for this. I mean, you have a people under attack. I understand the debates over the land and the, and the conflicted land uh, rights, okay? If they want to have that discussion, you do it diplomatically. You don't do it by beheading babies or raping women or dragging civilians out of their homes and slaughtering them. This is completely unacceptable and should be decried by the entire community and our whole country as one voice, one people. Sadly, we see political leaders and even some factions in the country echoing some other sentiment, which I just cannot fathom as a, as a, as a people in a free republic. You know, it's interesting, uh, Raymond, I was talking to the uh, the folks over at the Memphis Diocese. Uh, they have a number of Memphis Catholics uh, in the Holy Land, and they're stuck right now trying to get back home. Yes. Um, a lot of yes. uh, Jewish Memphians are stuck over there as well. So this uh, this really is about, you know, about Christians and Jews, and people need to understand that they're coming after all of us. I mean, that's ultimately what this is about. Yes. Well, it's about civilization. You know, it's about... Uh, Western civilization in some ways, democracies. I mean, that's also what's under attack here. But when the people of the, of the Gaza Strip, when they decided to make Hamas their political representatives, their government, if you will, that's a pact with the devil. You are making terrorists your leaders. And this is inevitably where this would lead. And here we are. We're, here we have it. So uh, this is going to play out. It's going to be awful to watch. I hope soon we can all return to the Holy Land and, and visit it as, as it was meant to be visited, to pray there. Uh, and look, I, I, like the folks you just mentioned, I have friends I know, a priest, this whole congregation. They are on a plane right now. I just texted him before I got on the call with you, uh, hoping they can get home tonight, get back to the United States. But it's touch and go right now at the airport in Tel Aviv. All right. On the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, our good friend Raymond Arroyo, who has a brand new book out. Uh, by the way, he's a New York Times bestselling author, just a great, great writer. Uh, new book out called The Magnificent Mischief of Tad Lincoln. Uh, tell us about the new book. Well, let me tell you how it relates, uh, Todd. Abraham Lincoln indulged this child, Tad Lincoln, his youngest son. He was with him all the time when he went to give major speeches, when he reviewed the troops. And I wondered why. You and I have both covered the White House turkey pardon at the White House. And I wondered, where did this tradition come from? It came from Tad and Abraham Lincoln. So their relationship birthed this amazing national tradition that I expose in the book, explore in the book. But he kept Tad Lincoln so close to him and allowed the boy to really run wild in the White House. He would hitch goats to dining room chairs and gallop through the East Room during parties. 
the kid would ring all the bells for the servants. They would run in different directions. And Lincoln would burst out laughing at these occasions, I discovered. He kept Tad Lincoln near because Tad was a reminder of the joy, a touchstone of the normalcy and the promise that waited on the other side of the hellscape of war he found himself in. So in many ways, I'm it's only providential that this book should come out now, but it's a good reminder, Todd, that children, our families, we have to stay close to them. They are not only our life spring, but reminders of the joy that we're all called to, even when times are tough. And I love that we have Thanksgiving, which, by the way, Abraham Lincoln was the, the president who created Thanksgiving as a national holiday. And if you read that proclamation, he begs the hand of Almighty God to heal the wounds of the nation, to bring it together in unity. And I think at this, as we approach Thanksgiving and the holidays, we should keep that in the forefront of our minds. This book, The Magnificent Mischief of Tad Lincoln, is a wonderful reminder for families, for children, a way to keep history alive, but more importantly, to remind us of the lessons we need and may need in the days ahead. And, you know, I've, I've found another interesting component of, of the book, Raymond. Uh, you, you write about how uh, Tad would actually fall asleep at his father's desk uh, while yeah. he, was, he was considering pardons. Yes. You know, I didn't realize this until I started digging deeply. Every day, people would line up outside the White House. It isn't as it was today. You, you could go to the front door, and there would be a snake of people for blocks waiting for to get in front of the president to beg for pardons for their children who had abandoned war or somebody who had property confiscated. And 82% of those pardons Lincoln would grant. Tad Lincoln sat next to the desk and watched the president entertain these grieving people and reach out to them in mercy and forgiveness. That lesson of mercy and forgiveness, which Abraham Lincoln taught his son, his son would later remind his father of it, a critical moment, and I won't ruin the book for people, but it's a really sweet tale of how uh, a son reflects the lessons his father taught him and reminds his father of mercy and forgiveness at a critical moment. And that's really what the emblem of Thanksgiving should be for us. It's a season of Thanksgiving and forgiveness. That's the way Abraham Lincoln saw it. That's the way it was envisioned. And hopefully, that's the way we'll live it this year. And that's why I wanted to, you know, share this with families through a picture book. Well, I think it's great. Uh, the book, folks, in bookstores now, you can get yourself a copy. And we have a link directly uh, to the book over on our live show blog, The Magnificent Mischief of Tad Lincoln. Uh, Raymond, we're going to have to leave it there. Congratulations. Always good hearing from you, my friend. Great to hear from you, Ted. Uh, Todd. Todd, look, I'm calling you Tad. Todd, Tad, God bless Todd. You. Thank you for the staff. Thank you. God and by the you. way, well, Raymond, by the way, and we've got a uh, big, big, big football game coming up, Tulane and Memphis. Ooh, well, I'm not going to, I won't reveal my loyalties on that one, but let's, let, may the best team win, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love it. All right, Raymond, <laughs> good hearing from you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. All Talk right. to you soon. Bye-bye. Right. Raymond Arroyo lives down in New Orleans, by the way, right down the river from us. Uh, so all the best writers always live along the Mississippi River. I, that's just the way it is. That's how God intended it. Uh, hey, look, uh, our good buddy Ray Richardson uh, dropped me a note um, asking about the, the selection of Scalise, and he brought up a good point uh, that I failed to bring up, which is Jim Jordan was actually the pick of President Trump. So House Republicans 
have actually rejected Trump's nominee. Uh, we are getting some, there's some reporting on social media, uh, the Calvin Coolidge Project, reporting on their Twitter feed that Scalise beat Jordan 113 to 99 in a secret ballot. So the entire House will be voting on this later today. But uh, the way it looks now, under, under House rules, GOP rules, all of those Republicans now have to back Steve Scalise. Uh, let's go to the phones real quick here. Tom in Oakwood, Georgia, wants to re- weigh in on the speaker's race. Hey, Tom, what you got for us? Being a longtime friend of Jim Jordan's, I've known him since he was 18, followed his spectacular college wrestling career. He was a two-time national champion at Wisconsin. Nobody could have handled the grind more than Jim Jordan. It's I'm disappointed, but I know the character that he has that he is going to be a team player and you know he, his credibility is bottomless. I mean, he is what he's always been and uh, I I just am shocked that he didn't get elected by his members. I'm well. Look, if, if this is a fight against, if this was about Trump, then it's. It, I'm not surprised if they were actually voting uh, to send a message to Trump. I'm not surprised here. But I'm with you, uh, Tom. I've known Jim for a very, very long time. Uh, just a good and decent and honorable man. And my concern with Scalise is, will he be up for the job? You know, he is dealing with blood cancer, getting treatments, and. It, it's a, it's the wear and the tear, and he has not been a well man. So I, I hope that Scalise is going to be up for the job. Uh, he wants it, but, you know, Jim Jordan, I think, would have been the better pick. I totally agree. And like I said, nobody can handle the grind. I mean, being the athlete that he was, I mean, he's one of the few people that ever beat John Smith uh, in college, and he went on to become a four-time world and two-time Olympic champion. All right. So that's the quality of athlete he was. Old Jim Jordan putting that putting down the DTT on the Democrats. Could you get some wrestling moves? Tom, appreciate the call. Got to take a break. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, welcome back, everybody. I uh, want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Uh, good to have with us retired Colonel David Giamona, author of The Military Guide to Disarming Deception, Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies, and Triumph in Truth. Um, Colonel, good to have you back with us today. Todd, it's always a pleasure to be on your show. Battle-ready.org is the website, folks. Battle-ready.org. 
uh, Colonel, uh, the developments are happening very quickly uh, in Israel, yeah. and we understand now there are there are three concerns. Of course, uh, Gaza. Now we're also looking at a lot of attacks happening in the north uh, with Lebanon on the border there, and now um, Israel worried about that border with Jordan. Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't want to be a warmonger or say this is, that's going to happen, but we're on the precipice of some very dangerous things happening. Donald Trump yesterday uh, listened to him. He said we're on the precipice of World War Three. Uh, same same kinds of things happened in the World War One, World War Two, is happening in the world today. Yes, Israel now expanding the fight to the north and to the south. They must take out or uh, neutralize Iran at some instance because they're the ones that are supplying the Hamas uh, with all the weaponry and the money. And so we have this uh, ongoing thing. Un- the word I'm using, and I've been on a lot of shows the last couple of days unprecedented. Um, Israel has never been infiltrated before. Jerusalem is even under attack. I was just talking to, listening to Rose, uh, Joel Rosenberg this morning. Uh, he lives there, and rockets firing there. He's afraid for his family. So we have a lot of things going on right now that it could ignite the entire Middle East regionally and globally. So lots of things to talk about here. So when you when you look at at the the military and what they're over three hundred thousand uh, troops are calling up here, uh, is that going to be enough to to put down the you know what's happening in in Gaza and also defend the rest of the country? It may not be enough. It's what they have right now. They're in talks. We have a carrier strike group, which is an enormous amount of power. Uh, steaming there right now as we speak. And uh, Joe Biden, and I know what we talk about the Democrats all the time, but I'm actually thrilled that Joe Biden is supporting Israel so far in all of this with weaponry and the, you know, the State Department, the Secretary of Defense. So, um, you know, all bets are off. And even uh, Europe, which is not pro-Israeli, is jumping on the bandwagon here. So they think they know this is extremely serious business right now, Colonel. From a from a an intelligence standpoint, not I mean, very clear, complete breakdown, which is sort of shocking because Israel is known to have one of the fiercest militaries in in the entire world. What do you think happened here? I don't want to say prematurely, um, but I I'm going to say this for right now. I think there are people in Israel who did know this was about to happen. Uh, that's reports I'm getting. Uh, we'll see how things play out. But I believe that Netanyahu, the Israeli parliament, and everybody's sick and tired of all the things going on in Gaza and the north. And, you know, somehow, some way, this slipped through the cracks, whether intentionally or not. But now they can do something about it. And now we have a lot of the world behind Israel. Uh, we'll see how things play out in the days to come. I'm curious about the ground game, and I was waiting to ask you this question. Um, I did yes. not serve, so I don't know the answer. But what are what are they waiting for, and, and what are they waiting on? It seems to me the longer you wait, the more the enemy has time to prepare. What I think is going on right now, Todd, is they're softening up the targets, as we would do in the military, with airstrikes. That's what we do in the United States, as you know, shock and awe, and they're uh, surrounding them. They're cutting off the power, the electricity. What I think is going to happen, they're going to go in on the ground for sure. Uh, They have to. 
It's unprecedented. They're going to take action. And but uh, a lot of people are going to suffer. Unfortunately, the Palestinians are going to suffer because of their leadership. But I think that's what's going on right now. I think in the days to come, you're going to see shortly ground the ground game is going to start and uh, they're going to go after it. Uh, but right now they're choking um, the Gaza area of the Strip. They're surrounding it. No power. Nobody coming in and out. Uh, they're going to force a siege there, and hopefully the people there in that land will rebel against Hamas and everybody else, take it over so they can have peace. And that's what Israel is hoping to do right now. We've got 60 seconds here, Colonel. Iran, uh, do, you, do you think they're going to get involved? Will they stand down? And if Iran gets involved, what about U.S. involvement? Should we be engaged in this physically with boots on the ground? Well, Todd, there's no question Iran is involved, although they said yesterday morning morning they had nothing to do with it. They've been supplying it. We all know it. Uh, they are a force to be reckoned with. Sooner or later, Iran's going to have to show his true colors, and we'll see what happens. But it's going to be very interesting. Netanyahu cannot let Iran stand as it is. They're the suppliers of the money and the war going on in Israel right now. As far as... Uh boots on american boots on the ground israel's not asking for it do you see us getting involved in the conflict in the war if the uh, war uh we have advisors on the ground right now they're in talks with people uh, on our side but if the war widens and things get uh, out of control uh there's no question we're going to have to have some military action whether that's boots on the ground airstrikes air cover patriot coming in whatever it is Uh, I think the United States is going to be there. All right, Colonel, got to end it there. Battle-ready.org, folks. Got to check out the Colonel's great website. Colonel David Giamona, good to have you with us. Appreciate your insight. Thanks, Todd. All right, folks, got to take a break. We'll be right back. All right, folks, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Great to have you with us today. Let's go to the phones, 844-747-8868. Let's say hello to Trent in North Carolina. Hi, Trent. What's on your mind? Hi, Todd. I, yeah, I wanted to comment about your last guest, Data, Colonel Giamona. Um, he made some pretty ridiculous points that I would just like to call out. The first is that he insinuated that it's maybe a possibility that Netanyahu and others look the other way. I'm no fan of, of uh, Netanyahu by any stretch of the imagination, but that did that definitely did not happen. Okay, Netanyahu and the Israeli leadership is not going to look the other way and allow a thousand or two thousand Israelis to be massacred so that they have a reason to go into. Uh, into Gaza, a completely preposterous assertion. Well, Trent, and, it's uh, not, not and it's it's not the colonel's assertion. There is that reporting out there. He said he's not willing to weigh in on that information just yet. But I think it is a it's a valid question, though. Would you not agree that clearly there was something that went wrong in the intelligence community? Something absolutely went wrong, but not with a malicious intent. When you say other sources, what other sources? Uh, Breitbart or Epoch Times or some nonsense like that? There is no way in hell that happened. I have plenty of family in Israel. None of them like Netanyahu, but none of them think that's even a possibility. But if you want to start conspiracies, because we all know that Trump is normalized, 
Okay. And- yeah, Trent, we're done here. Yeah. No, th- this is nuts. Um, and and by the way, we are. They do need to get to the bottom of it. And clearly, there was some sort of an intelligence breakdown, not just there, but also here in this country. So good try there, Trent. All right, eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. A a fascinating um, new book is out from our friend Senator Rand Paul. It is a deep dive into what he is calling the great COVID cover-up, Deception, the great COVID cover-up, is the name of the new book. And on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line right now, our good friend from the Commonwealth of Kentucky, Senator Rand Paul. Senator, good to have you with us today. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for having me. It is sort of an exciting time, and uh, every day something new drops, some new shoe drops on this. But what we found is that everything Anthony Fauci was saying in public, he was saying the opposite in private, and it looks like most of what he was saying was to try to cover up his involvement, his potential culpability for the funding of the lab in Wuhan, and then ultimately for the the, the, the leak of the virus into the into the world. Senator, you you write um, in the book about about a cover up. Uh, I want you to tell our listeners and and don't give away the the, the money bites here. But what what was the cover up and and who was responsible for this cover up? The cover-up involved really hundreds of people through maybe eight different departments of government. And people say, well, really? Hundreds of people talking to each other? That doesn't make sense. And I quote George Carlin to try to get people to understand how a cover-up can involve a lot of people who never talk to each other. George Carlin said that conspiracy theories are not necessary where interests converge. So if, if we funded this lab in Wuhan through eight different divisions of government, and you were part of it, you could be a low-level employee in the Defense Department or the State Department, but if you funded this lab and now a million Americans have died, what do you think you're doing? You're trying to obscure and hide any documents that show you funded this lab because you don't want to be anywhere near getting any kind of culpability or blame for this pandemic. So, yes, this is an enlarged and and elaborate cover-up involving many, many people in government. It's kind of the equivalent to when people say there's a deep state. Well, of course there's a deep state. The deep state are people that are the entrenched bureaucracy who are really trying to have their will and their way enforce this government policy as opposed to the people who are elected. And this goes on, and it is a real known thing. But the essential cover-up was discovered because we discovered that the private emails of Anthony Fauci directly contradicted what he was saying in public. But not just Anthony Fauci. He had a group of five to ten virologists around him who were all in private saying, the virus looks like it was manipulated, the genetic sequence looks manipulated in a lab, and we know that they're doing gain-of-function research in that lab in Wuhan. And yet Fauci's response to me when I asked him about this in public committee under oath was to swear that they never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan. So out-and-out lies, fabrications. I've referred him to the Department of Justice for prosecution, but this is probably one of the most elaborate cover-ups maybe in modern history. Senator, um, at the time, anybody, any doctor, and there were some very well-respected doctors, uh, people in the medical community who stood up and were were trying to shine some light on all of this, and and yet they were just destroyed. Why why did they go that far? Why did Fauci and his people destroy these good and decent medical professionals? Well, it would never happen if you had freedom of the press. What ended up happening is we've allowed government to infiltrate the press. 
So basically, on a weekly basis, the FBI has been meeting with Twitter and Facebook for several years now under the Biden administration. They meet every week. And at one point, the government, the FBI, Department of Homeland Security, are telling Twitter so many things that they should take down that Twitter responds and says, we're happy to censor people's opinion that we don't like or we think is misinformation, but it's a lot of work. Can you pay us to do your work for you? So essentially, the FBI paid Twitter to take down information like this. For over a year, Facebook depressed and would not allow news to spread or any stories that had to do with the virus leaking from the lab in Wuhan. It was considered to be misinformation. And finally, when the truth comes out, and more and more scientists are, are, are admitting that this is what likely happened, Martin Zuckerberg casually says, oh, well, we're sorry, we made a mistake. But nobody's really getting to the root of this problem is the FBI's got no business meeting with media. And so when I do interviews now, I'll stop at the end of the interview, and I'll look at the person behind the camera, and I'll say, well, do you think it would be okay if when we're done with this interview, if the FBI calls you, it'd be like you, Todd, I'd say, is it okay for the FBI to call you after this interview and say that parts of the interview need to be taken down because Rand Paul was not saying the truth? I mean, nobody would settle for that, but that's what's going on in our country. Were, were you able to, to get down to the, 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 the bare bones of this and say, okay, this was the specific reason why there was a cover-up and why all of this happened? What, what, what was it that was the specific reason? The cover-up in many ways, and it depends on how you want to, and people ask me this question all the time, is Anthony Fauci truly evil or did he have good intentions? I think in the beginning, the idea that you could splice viruses together would bring some knowledge that would be helpful. You can give him the benefit of doubt that he believed that it might be helpful. Now, we, we quote and go through the arguments of many scientists who say it's not worthwhile and the risks are not worth it, and this is like dealing with nuclear weapon or enriched uranium. It shouldn't just be casually bandied about in these experiments. But even if you give him the benefit of the doubt on the intentions, he can't really get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the cover-up because we have him dead to rights. The cover-up is basically exposed by him, by his own words in private. But we only got these at the behest of a federal judge. He didn't reveal any of this voluntarily. But when it's revealed, we do now know that he was covering up the fact that this happened. But what was he protecting? Some people call it the business of science. You remember that famous quote when Anthony Fauci says, if you criticize him, you're criticizing science? Probably one of the most arrogant statements that a bureaucrat has ever made in their life, that he, if you had the gall to criticize Anthony Fauci, you were criticizing science. Well, basically... He became the guardian of the business of science. And we have it on record, and we expose in this book that one of the researchers who believed it came from the virus, who was writing about that and talking about it in private, then flipped in public that this researcher had a $9 million grant that was sitting on the desk of Anthony Fauci and was only approved when this uh, scientist switched his opinion and came out publicly and called everybody that believed this a conspiracy theorist or a fringe theory. But there's money involved. He got a $9 million grant for playing ball with Anthony Fauci. Mm. Folks, uh, the book, and you've got to get a copy of this, it is literally a blow-by-blow, detailed, behind-the-scenes account of what has happened over the last three years. The name of the book, Deception, the Great cover uh, COVID Cover-Up, and we have a direct link to it over on the live show blog. Senator, before we let you go, um, would love to get some information from you. Uh, what you what can you tell us about the latest from Israel and efforts to, to somehow get our American hostages back? You know, I'm like every other American, just horrified at what they're seeing, the images, the stories, the details. 
young people at a music concert. You know, I have three boys who have all gone to these music concerts in our country, and to imagine that armed gunmen would show up in Jeeps and just start mowing them down. And to the people who somehow would, would sort of say that there's any excuse for these people, it's like, really? You think you're going to forward some kind of political argument by killing women and children and babies? So I think this will be a unifying moment for people against the same way 9-11 was, tragic and sad and horrific, but a unifying moment where people will come together and say, you know, we're not going to listen to any of your arguments if, you're, if your argument is preceded by killing women and children and babies. So, uh, you know, I think this is a, a terrible day. I think in the end the first priority has to be trying to rescue the hostages. But the second priority, and they're probably going to happen simultaneously, is to, and they're already happening, is to take out Hamas's infrastructure and their leadership and ultimately hopefully show the 2 million people who live in Gaza that if this is what you want, it's, it's a terrible world you're going to live in. And it may not have been perfect before, but it's going to be just pure devastation now. And um, But you, you can't harbor people among you who are willing to kill women and children. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Well, Senator, we're going to leave it there. Again, congratulations on the new book. And, folks, you can get a copy of it over at ToddSterns.com. Thank you, Senator. Thanks, Tom. All right, uh, folks, we've got to take a quick break here. 844-747-8868 is our number. That's 844 844- Seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. The other breaking news coming out: Senator um, Congressman Steve Scalise voted uh, as the Republican choice to be the next Speaker of the House. That vote, vote by the way, was a secret ballot, and Newsmax uh, was the first to report the breaking news from Washington. And now it will go before the entire House. Now this this will be a a blow to President Trump. Uh, President Trump had selected Jim Jordan. That was his pick. And clearly, House Republicans deciding that's not how they wanted to go. All right, 844-747-8868. We'll be right back. All right, I, I, I just want you to think about this. Just, Just think about this. How many, how many Muslim groups have you seen marching in the streets over the past four or five days now condemning Hamas for what's happening in Israel? How many, how many Muslims have you seen marching in the streets? How many press conferences? All right, fine. You don't want to march. I get it. How many press conferences have you seen from the Muslim community? What about the statements of condemnation? How many coming from the Muslim community? Just, just something to think about here. By the way, I know a lot of people are talking about the poor, innocent people of Gaza, right? That two million people, and they're saying, "Oh well, we've we've got to stand alongside you know those people because they're the innocents here." I'm just curious, how many Gazans have you seen protesting Hamas? How many Gazans have you seen marching in the rubble, condemning Hamas? You haven't seen any. I haven't seen any. 844-747-8868. Let's go to Maryland. Sue on the line. Hi, Sue. What's on your mind? Hey, Todd. Um, I just wanted to say, when you're talking about condemning people, why are we surprised when the Democrats are for abortion? They're not for women. You know, so why would they say, oh, we condemn the killing of innocent children and, and women when that's what they're doing here every day by what they stand for? So I guess... I hate what's going on over there, and we are praying for them. But I just, 
why are people surprised that they won't stand up and condemn it? Sue, this is this is a great point, and and I will, I I was going to mention this yesterday, Sue, and I thought you know there's just so much horrible stuff happening. I don't know if I want to go down this path, but Sue, when I heard the reports of the babies being beheaded, all I could think about was Planned Parenthood and those abortion mills. Exactly. I mean, it's no different. It it is, but it's not. Well, think about they even want afterbirth abortion. Like you can decide to kill your baby once it's on the table. That's right. They just, the rationale in their heads, they don't have any sense. That's all. That's what I think. There is no value for life. And that's the thing. When you look at the Americans, when you look at Israelis, we share that culture of life. We will do whatever we can to to save the hostages. We will do whatever we can to save a life. And there is not a respect for life in some cultures like there are within the Christian and the Jewish communities. I agree. All right. Sue, it is a great, great observation. I appreciate you calling in. Let's go to Orlando in Georgia. Hi, Orlando. What say you? Hey, Todd. Yeah, I like how Miss Miss, uh, Sue said that, you know, we walk around with blinders on and we do see certain things and we don't see other things, uh, you know, on, on a political view, we don't always see what the Democrats do versus what the Republicans do. We try to walk around only looking at the Republican side instead of looking at the Democratic side. But what I do want to add, though, um, I had no clue that there were so many people in the United States that was Muslim. And this is this is scary. I'm just going to be flat out honest. I, it's so scary to work. This is all a setup, and we don't see it coming. They're working in our government. They're driving trucks. They're flying planes. This is all 9-11 fixing to play all over again, and we don't see half the things that's going on, but it's all going to come out in the wash toward the end. Orlando, I, I want look, if if you're a Muslim and you want to come to this country, you want to practice your faith and live in peace and don't bother me or my loved ones, I'm great with that. I'm fine with that. My concern is this. I haven't seen a single Muslim leader rise up and condemn what's been happening to the Israelis. Not a one. And if oh, you can and, and, and the thing is they, they they all started dressing just like you and I. They walk amongst us like you and I. So we can't tell the difference. They don't wear their towelettes on their heads no more to where they're being quiet and they're being private until something like this goes on. You had a caller yesterday, and it upset me because it was a young man. This young man had no business talking to you like he did. He needs to look at life and respect his elders a little bit better than that. And then the young man earlier out of North Carolina, he had no business talking to you. Like, why are the Muslims even listening to this station if they're going to call you? Wait, Orlando, wait, respect their elders. I'm not that old, Orlando. Well, you're you're, you're older than that young man that called you yesterday. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. So you can look. You guys have a great and wonderful day. I love your show, Todd. All right. Hey, appreciate that, Orlando. And look, again, it's America. If you want to come here and be and and not have to worry about getting persecuted for your religious beliefs, you come here. Muslim, Jewish, Christian, you come here and you can celebrate that. But I'm telling you folks, when I after you watch what happened in Dearborn, Michigan, I didn't see any I didn't see anybody shouting for America 
in in that gathering. It looked like it looked like something that was happening in Gaza, but it was actually Dearborn, Michigan. When it, when you see what's happening on the campus of the University of Memphis in the South, for crying out loud, uh, uh-uh, something's not right there. I do want to say this: God bless the people of Beverly Hills, California. Yesterday, and we've got the videos up on our website. Thousands of people came out. They lined the streets, waving the israeli flag waving the american flag and standing in solidarity with our jewish friends that's what we need to be doing we need to counter the hate in america that's what we need to be doing all right stick around we've got hour three coming up this is the todd stearns radio show Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Uh, the, the audio you are hearing, the uh, celebratory mood, uh, that is happening at the airport in Tel Aviv. And uh, there are just dozens and dozens of people inside the airport, and they're cheering. They're cheering for the uh, the Jewish young men that are coming back to the homeland to fight the invaders. And uh, this is happening all over, um, all over the world. Uh, there is a video from our friend Cassie Dillon uh, posted a plane load of of Jewish men uh, flying from Peru. They have uh, commandeered a flight, and uh, so they're on board and uh, flying back to to Israel to join the fight. Um, also, here in America, we are hearing reports all over the country of young Jewish men who have been called up in from the reserves, and they are heading to Israel to fight the terrorist. Uh, welcome to Hour 3 of the program. Great to have you with us today on this breaking news edition of the show. We are awaiting a vote for the next Speaker of the House. Steve Scalise, according to the reporting of Newsmax, was the winner of a secret ballot against Jim Jordan. And so if that vote stands... This will be a repudiation of President Trump's hand-picked man for the job, uh, that man being Congressman Jim Jordan. Now, we were expecting our good friend Congressman Andy Biggs to join us, but with the breaking news involving the speakership, uh, he is unable to do that. We are expecting Congressman Brian Mass to be here a little bit later on. Not only is he a lawmaker, but he is also a military veteran. He served in the U.S. Army. And we'll be talking to him about both of those big stories. Uh, so uh, the the telephone number to call in, by the way, 844-747-8868. I want to dip in, if we can, uh, the White House press briefing already underway. Our friends over at Newsmax are broadcasting that live. Let's take a listen. 
American. The State Department might be able to give give you that. I, I don't have that data handy, but as again, as you know, uh, so many uh, American citizens in Israel are in fact dual passport holders. Do the Israelis on decisions on what to do about them that they are in fact mostly dual citizens? I'm sorry, say that. Does that mean that we would defer to the Israelis in terms of deciding what actions to take if they're mostly their citizens? A dual national uh, with an American passport is an American, and we will take seriously our responsibilities to get. Uh, any uh, wrongfully detained or a uh, hostage, American hostage, home to their families where they belong. They're Americans. John, you talked about the um, Eisenhower leaving out his pre-scheduled deployment to potentially be out there in case uh, positioned near the Ford. What about reports about the USS George Washington and also the HMS Prince of Wales? Are they also being ready? Uh, I don't know of any plans for them to be ready. Again, I'd refer you to the Defense Department to speak to other units. Um, I, again, I want to remind the Eisenhower is preparing for a long scheduled deployment uh, to the region, um, and I don't have any operational decisions to speak to. I just thought it was important to put that into some context because I saw some reporting yesterday that seemed to suggest it was a definite decision that she was going to join the Ford. That could happen. I don't know. But she will be deploying into the Mediterranean and will be an available asset as well as her escort vessels. Okay, I have another follow-up here. It, it seems like you're, you've really been trying to, <clears throat> excuse me, project the message that you want to contain this. You want to make sure that uh, state and non-state actors get the message that uh, you want to keep this contained. So how? Does it help that effort when you have statements like Senator Graham on Capitol Hill saying, if Hezbollah in the north attacks Israel in strength, we should tell the Ayatollah we will destroy your oil refineries and your oil infrastructure? How worried are you about statements like that? I'll let members of Congress speak for their comments and, and, uh, uh, and what they think should be done or should not be done. The president's the commander-in-chief. The responsibility is on his shoulders. Uh, and he's also, of course, uh, a strong supporter of Israel, has been for his entire life in public service. Um, we have to answer for the policy decisions that uh, that we make, um, and we're comfortable doing that. Um, John, um, thank you. Yeah, it's okay. Um, Palmer's head is big, right there. <laughs> um, scoot down a little bit. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> on the humanitarian border, I know you said there's conversations ongoing. Okay. Uh, let's jump back in here, and we'll keep monitoring this. Uh, the breaking news uh, coming out of the press conference, though, they're telling us now 22 Americans confirmed dead, and we have no idea how many hostages they have, but they've got a lot. Uh, also, uh, there was some question as to whether or not we were knocking it up a couple of notches by sending the Eisenhower uh, to um, to the Middle East uh, when, in fact, the USS Ford was already there. And uh, so they're telling us this is all planned in advance. But again, everything is fluid at this point. You know, I want to bring your attention to something. Uh, this vote, uh, someone said, well, wait a second. Uh, looks like maybe there was at least one Republican who did not vote, uh, Congressman Corey Mills of Florida. And why is that? Well, we can tell you now why uh, Congressman Mills missed that vote. That's because uh, he took an overnight flight to Israel, and he is helping evacuate American citizens from the area. Uh, this reporting, of, by the way, uh, Mills uh, says that he's unable to reveal exactly where he is, but that he is helping and showing solidarity with our Israeli brethren and helping Americans evacuate. Uh, this is coming from 
Colin Rugg over at Trending Politics. You know what Biden's doing right now? He's mumbling his way through a speech about Taylor Swift and concert fees. That's what the president is doing. And a lot of people are wondering, what exactly is the White House doing here to help rescue and evacuate probably not hundreds, but thousands of American citizens who are stuck in Israel right now? Folks, I'm telling you, this could get ugly very quickly. And I don't want to deal in hypotheticals here, but let's just say that you are going to have a rush and an an invasion at, at the northern border as well as the Jordanian border. You could have a lot of Americans in harm's way very, very quickly. So I'm not sure why there is not more of a sense of urgency of getting Americans out of Israel. But there needs to be, and the fact that you've got a U.S. congressman who just packed his bags, caught the, I don't know, jet blue over to, over to Tehran, I'm sorry, over to Tel Aviv to help evacuate Americans? What exactly is the Biden administration doing here? All right, 844-747-8868, that is our number. Uh, let's go to North Carolina. Patty on the line. Patty, what say you? All right, Todd, I've had enough of it, okay? All right. What did he do in Afghanistan? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. This guy is a dimwit. He don't know what he's doing. This this whole administration, they have to go. What are, are people really that stupid in this country? Come on, wake up. Yeah, the question, the answer to that question is yes, they they are, Patty, and it and it's 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 true, and it's horrifying, but it's true. We have people in Afghanistan still stuck over there. You think they care about people? They don't care. This guy don't care. This guy has Obama don't care. The Clintons don't care. You know what they're worried about? They're worried about Donald Trump and the MAGA movement in January 6th. That's their focus. Am I right, Todd? I think you are, Patty. Um, but, but again, this goes back. We are looking at decades of failed U.S. policies here, implemented not just by Barack Hussein Obama, but also the Bushes, going all the way back to H.W. Bush. But you look at what Obama did, sending hundreds of millions of dollars in cold, hard cash to the Iranians. That's where it really got got revved up pretty quickly. And and now here we are, and and the the administration refuses, refuses to refreeze that $6 billion dollars I want to know why that is. Why is it that this administration will not put the stop and will not freeze that money? I want to know that. Yes, and that's a very good question because you know what? I mean, I understand that, you know, I mean, like I'm saying about as far as Iran goes, I mean, with the nuclear and all that, I mean, four years of Trump. I mean, if you like him, you hate him, whatever you, whatever people, listen. There was not one war. We're going over two now. We are going to go into third. We're going to go have a third world war. Well, Patty, here's what I'm concerned about. Remember what happened in Afghanistan? Rem- the yes. botched evacuation. They waited, they hemmed, and they hawed. That's the official words that we use here hemmed and hawed. And what happened? You had mass chaos at that airport in Kabul. And I'm, I'm just telling you, Patty, I'm, I'm concerned here. And if you've got loved ones in Israel, they need to get out. I mean, that's just the way it is. There's going to be a full-blown ground invasion happening any minute now. They need to be on planes, and they need to be getting the heck out of there. 
And I applaud Corey Mills. I applaud him. How about that? I mean, I what a, what a man. But I want yeah, to know, what is I the administration him. doing? You said he was just talking about Taylor Swift. Give me a break. Not a big fan. Okay. Well, of her. I love you. All right, Patty, take care of yourself. 844-747-8868. Let's go to Maine. Webb on the web. What's going on? Hello, Todd. How are you? I'm well. well thank you for asking. Okay. Basically, why isn't the military not being deployed to both borders? Uh, to because it's obvious there will not be World War Three. We will simply be invaded and overrun if this keeps going. Web, and we've already been fall. we've already been invaded. We've already been overrun. It's I mean the here's the problem is that the chess pieces are already in place. the The question is what happens next. Well, uh, it, reinforcements all that could come over the border again. I think they ought to deploy some kind of national guard or or the state thought to just to have some kind of a quick on-call military uh, power group that can run to the borders to stop further invasion. It should be the borders should have been closed years ago. But now, what's the problem with closing the borders? Has anyone suggested this in the White House? Uh, Is there any kind of an answer to this? So, so Webb, we had, we talked about this yesterday on the show. That was my recommendation is let's shut down the borders. We've, we've got to secure the borders. We don't know what's been coming across. And now is the moment we, uh, right now with this war, with this war raging over there, we've got to make sure that more bad guys are not com- coming across that, that border. We, we just got to do it. And how about simply having State authorities check where all conclaves of Muslims are that are could be questionable. I know in Maine yeah. there are a lot of conclaves here that nobody cares to talk about. Uh, Webb, that's and that's the greater concern. And and I'm telling you now, they will not. The government will not step in. They will not intervene. And in their mind, and, and just hear me on this, Webb. Um, in their mind, the moral high ground is for, and, and given the choice of going in and cleaning out a radical community here in the United States, a radical Islamic community, you're given the choice of either doing that or you risk having a nuclear bomb going off in an American city. Webb, I'm telling you, they believe the moral high ground is for that bomb to go off. That is a dangerous proposition, but that's honest to goodness. That's how the left thinks. They do not want to go down that path, and it's put their policies have put all of us in grave danger. And again, right now, puzzle pieces in place all over America. We don't know how many terrorists were able to cross that border, but we do know this: that except for the grace of God, we could have a very bad situation in this country. Web, appreciate that call, folks. We've got to take a break here. Eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. May I tell you about our friends at Newsmax? Millions of people have made the switch to Newsmax. And why is that? Because it's real news that you can trust. I watch Newsmax all the time. President Trump says he loves Newsmax. That's huge. 
And every night you can watch primetime starting with Rob Schmidt, the Great Gang, live coverage. By the way, you just heard the news exclusively on Newsmax about Steve Scalise. So Newsmax, you got to get it, folks, on all major cable systems. And don't forget to download the Newsmax app anytime on your iPhone or Android. It is absolutely free, and you can start watching anytime. Get the Newsmax app now. Get Newsmax at home and make the switch. You won't look back. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Todd Starnes Radio Program. We are so happy to have you with us today. Uh, let's go right now to the phones, 844-747-8868. Gene is in Statesville, North Carolina, and wants to weigh in on the Speaker of the House. Hi, Gene. What's on your mind today? Okay, this may not be an insult to uh, President Trump. Don't you think the Democrats are more afraid of Jim Jordan? They think they can manipulate him more than they can Steve Scalise. Um, I, you know, that's a good question. Um, I there there's some concern that Scalise may be a McCarthyite, but but I don't think that's the case. Uh, I was talking to some people up on Capitol Hill, Gene, who said that McCarthy actually left Scalise out of, out of, out of the decision-making process. So he was sort of like the odd man out in that McCarthy leadership. Well, you, his medical condition, you know, may play right. a part. But Jim Jordan would have been so good. He would have held the Democrats' feet to the fire. Oh, uh, no doubt about that. And I like I like Congressman Jordan. You know he's been on the program quite a bit, and uh, yeah. he's a friend of the show. But he's he's the real deal. I'll tell you that much, Gene. The real deal. The real deal. And he would get if the, if this speaker goes out, then Jordan might get a chance. Could be. Let's see how the vote goes. And by the way, uh, three o'clock Eastern is uh, what Newsmax is now reporting. Three o'clock Eastern, we could get a full House vote. So, uh, Gene, before supper time tonight, we may know who the next Speaker of the House is. So it still could be Jordan. Could be. It could be. Yes, ma'am. It's okay. it, they, they haven't voted for the, with the full House just yet, so we'll see. Both of them are good guys, but I still oh, yeah. pick Jordan. I just re- and I don't like to think that's because um, President Trump warned him because the vote was pretty close there. You it know? was. I just think the Democrats are scared of him. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out, Gene. Appreciate that call. Let's go to Barry in Fort Myer, Florida. Fort Myers, Florida. Hi, Barry. What's on your mind? Hi. Yeah, I just I heard you talking about the Hamas. Now, uh, you know, in the in the west in the uh, Gaza Strip, most of the people that live there, the overwhelming majority, support support Hamas. Let's not kid ourselves. And you know, when you have such a such a bad situation for so long. Where they're just killing innocent civilians and this absolutely disgusting situation that just took place. I mean, the barbaric, uh, the barbaric attitude and uh, attacks are unbelievable. Sometimes you just have to bite the bullet, the hell with the world and their opinion, and just say, for our people, we've just got to annihilate the entire place and get rid of that and just literally eliminate anybody living on the uh on the gaza strip well and barry i will say this god bless israel because they have actually given every citizen an opportunity to get out of dodge they've they've done that uh barry appreciate the call gotta run 
All right, folks, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Uh, happy to have you with us on this breaking news edition. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line right now and welcome a good friend of this program. He represents uh, Florida's 21st Congressional District. He is also a, a U.S. Army veteran, Congressman Brian Mast. Uh, Congressman, good to have you back with us today. Always good to be back with you. It's a busy day, as you can imagine. Uh, yes, uh, and Congressman, real quick, uh, I would like to uh, start with the uh, the breaking news uh, of this vote uh, that was held, the secret vote. Looks like S- Steve Scalise is the choice. Who did you vote for? Uh, I voted for Jim Jordan behind closed doors. Uh, uh, there's a number of reasons I could say. Um, Steve is a good man. Steve Scalise is a good man. He's my friend. Uh, I think he's a great leader, and I think he will be a, a great speaker. When I speak about Jim, though, one thing I can say about him is that people across the country uh, have a belief in Jim, a trust in Jim. Um, and, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, this place needs the trust that people have in Jim. And, and for that reason alone, there are others, but for that reason alone, uh, he was my, my choice because of the, the trust that he brought to this place that is in such dire need of a level of trust. Congressman, um, can, you, can, but, you, can you describe the, yeah. the mood and the atmosphere inside the meeting? Was it happy? Was it contentious? Uh, was there, uh, just describe that for us. Let me merge together a couple of meetings, right? So a couple of nights ago, there was a just a, a meeting of get all the stuff off your chest. What do you want to yell about, scream about, that kind of stuff? And people did that, and that needed to happen like families sometimes do. Uh, a day ago, there was a candidate forum where rapid fired both candidates, Jim and Steve Scalise, were just you know answering questions for everybody. What do you want to know about my plan for this, 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 and this? And then today uh, was the actual vote. Uh, behind behind closed doors still has to take place on the floor of the House of Representatives. Um, but all of those things combined made it largely a situation that got the conference to a place that, you know, people are saying, okay, you're not a poison pill. You're not a poison pill. Um, you have a direction for this, and, and I would be okay. It might not be my first choice of direction, but it's an acceptable direction for me. Let me caveat that. This vote is not done on the floor of the House of Representatives yet. So while I say that, it got most people to that point. My understanding is there are still a couple of people that even though everybody agreed behind closed doors, they're saying, I might not vote for him on the floor. I, I heard there's one or two people saying they still might vote for Kevin McCarthy, even though he's not in the race, or they still might vote for Jim Jordan, even though um, he's, uh, you know, was defeated behind closed doors. Or uh, they might vote for, for somebody else. And Jim Jordan is for supporting anybody that, you know, in our conference that's reasonable, that's going to get 218 votes. Um, and that has to be the point of it. So I, I just caveat with that. Unfortunately, it's not quite over the finish line yet. So you're saying he does not have the – Scalise does not have the votes yet. He may need. I think he does, but we're not there. We haven't had the vote yet. Right? Okay. The, the, the fact is the fat lady hasn't sung. Well, you know, when those C-SPAN lights come on, everybody has to have their moment in the sun. We've seen that before. (laughs) Yep. And look, you know, people use these moments. This is the swamp. People use these moments to extract things. Hey, I need you to, uh, you know, make me chairman of this, or I want your commitment that you're going to do this for me or things like that. And I can't say 
who has done that or what they've asked for or things like that, but that is the swampy world that we work in. On the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line is Congressman Brian Mast. Uh, Congressman, while that's going on, and we understand what uh, Newsmax reporting around 3 o'clock could have a vote, is that is that right? That is my understanding. Uh, you know, nothing can happen on the floor of the House without a speaker. Uh, so Democrats will go out there and they'll put up Hakeem Jeffries and talk about all the radical crap that he wants to go out there and do to continue letting people go across the, the border and, uh, you know, give away money and not be accountable and you name it. And, and you know, we'll put up the, the correct side of the argument for putting America first. And uh, they'll boo and we'll cheer and we'll see if we get a speaker. Um, okay, uh, moving on to what's happening in Israel, we've, we've gotten word in the past couple of hours that Congressman Corey Mills from Florida is actually in Israel right now and is helping to evacuate American citizens. Uh, do you know anything about this? I do. That is my understanding. It's something that he and I spoke about uh, a couple of days ago, uh, that this was something that he wanted to, you know, felt called to go and work on. And Corey is a driven uh, individual. And, uh, you know, if he sees a place that he can help, he, he chooses to go and do that. I think this is pretty awesome because you two are both uh, Army veterans, and uh, he's out there. Uh, Congressman Flores posted a, a beautiful picture of the congressman surrounded by a bunch of Americans that are that are getting evacuated. How is he doing? Have you heard? Any, I, I know he's not releasing, you know, where he is exactly, but uh, have you heard from him? And and what are what is he telling you guys? Yeah, he and I texted just a little while ago. Uh, you know, while some of the speaker race stuff was going on. Um, and he's doing exactly what you said, looking to help uh, navigate the movement of American citizens or other people that, that need assistance. Um, and like he does, you know, he's just he's out there getting his hands dirty, uh, doing the work. And I'm very proud of my friend. Meanwhile, the, the administration, um, we're hearing from a lot of a lot of Americans who have loved ones that are stuck over there or they have no idea where they might be. Uh, maybe some that are being held hostage and they're telling us, that they're just not getting a lot of support from the administration. Are, are you satisfied with how the, the Biden administration is handling the, the American component here of all these citizens who might either be hostages or stuck in Israel right now? I haven't been happy with the messages that they've given with their weak talk on uh, Iran, Hezbollah, uh, Hamas, Al-Aqsa, Martyrs Brigade, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, all of those that are that are puppeteered by Iran and and Palestinians in general. You know, this is the the big problem is that they they are out there creating a justification. They're trying to say Joe Biden and Blinken. Listen, not all Palestinians are are uh, Hamas. Well, you know that might be true that not every last one of them are, but it is well known, well documented that if there were an election in the Gaza Strip. Hamas would win that election. They would be the de facto government. It's the primary reason that I'm so against a two-state solution, making a nation out of these barbaric terrorists, in my opinion, is one of the worst ideas. And when they, when they go out there and try to say that, hey, you know, not all Palestinians are this, which one of those Palestinians stepped up and said, hey, we saw them practicing or our neighbor was planning for this and we reported it to somebody else. Which Palestinian stepped up and said, hey, 
Stop what you're doing. Uh, put down that rifle. Stop going over there to, uh, you know, to kill uh, the Jews and the Americans and the Israelis and the Europeans and, and everybody else. That was in. Which one of them stepped up to do that? And I dare say none of them uh, did because they are one and the same. Congressman, we've been looking. I mean, there are all these massive protests, but there are more Palestinian, Palestinian flags flying in Dearborn, Michigan right now than American flags. Nobody's condemning the the slaughter of these children, the burning alive of the children, the beheading of the babies. You get they a Fox reporter could not even get Rashida Tlaib to to say something a, a word of condemnation over something like chopping the head off of a baby. I mean, this is some pretty evil stuff we're seeing from the other side. I saw it. The 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 immediate analogy that should be drawn is Arab Nazis. I've said this over and over. These, you know, there's there's not a difference and everybody would unify around the idea if we were facing, you know, a, a Hitler Nazi regime right now to to unify around destroying every last grain of that and, and rightfully unify against that, but when it comes to Palestinian Nazis, uh, somehow they they see the world uh, very wrongly, but clearly differently. Would would Talib be one of these Arab Nazis you're talking about? Yes, absolutely. As a sympathizer to uh, Palestinians that are literally decapitating babies, uh, decapitating police officers with the ten swings of of a garden hoe, taking our fellow Americans hostage or killing our fellow Americans. I spoke about this earlier. If you could, I was on, I was on a, a, a live uh, video. I did an interview with um, a friend of mine, Mayor uh, uh, Elbat Storinsky. He's the, the consul general uh, to Israel. And I said, you know, listen, you can believe that this was well-planned and well-executed. And somebody in the room in the planning stages said, well, if we're going to attack this concert, what if there's Americans or Europeans or Asians or somebody else there that's not just uh, the local Israelis at this place? Uh, and you can guarantee that whoever was in that room that heard that said probably stood up and said, good. You know, the more Americans, uh, the better. Jews from anywhere, we're happy to, to, to see them killed. That's the level of hatred that we're dealing with here. And, and they are, again, I'll say it again, they're Arab Nazis. You know, I, let me say one more thing on this. The loudest thing that I heard on all of these w- was not gunfire. It was, it was not gunfire. It was not explosions. It was the yelling of Allah Akbar in all of these videos. These individuals believed that they were uh, willed by God to be doing the, the mass murder that they were doing. And that is the one common denominator. And nobody wants to talk about that, uh, Congressman, even among some conservative circles. But we've got ourselves a very dangerous situation, and this is no time for anybody to go woke. We need to go in, we need to go in and, and face what we're about to face um, understanding what's what's really at stake and what's behind all of this. Uh, Congressman, finally, uh, from a military standpoint, uh, what do you see happening next? Uh, how soon do you, do, you, do you imagine this ground invasion of Gaza is, is going to begin? This is a monumentally dangerous operation. Millions of these Palestinians filled with hatred. Uh, in their own backyard. The point I make, I've conducted a lot of operations in urban terrain. You don't get lost in your own backyard. If you go into drive down your street, your neighborhood, you know when something's out of place, when a car is different, when something's like that. 
this isn't the backyard of the IDF that they know in the same way as the locals that live there. It makes it extremely dangerous. The tunnel systems that exist, the financial support from Iran to put explosives in the tunnel systems or in the buildings or in the homes, in the places that they designate for their military operations that they know the IDF will be headed into, that they will almost certainly rig with explosives. Uh, the, the, the individual attacks of just all of the military age males or women or children there with, with rifles to, to attack the, any soldier coming in. Extremely dangerous operation that has to go door by door. Uh, there will be lives lost, unfortunately. Um, I will say this. We have very capable American operators from our SEAL teams to our Delta operators that are the literal best in hostage operations, and it should be every expectation that if there's an American hostage somewhere, that there's an American that comes to get that American, and that has to be the what is taking place. You know, finally, I, I know being a military veteran, uh, have you seen the, the images of the, the, the Americans who are of Jewish uh, ancestry getting on board the planes, going back to the homeland to, to fight? I mean, it's the, the, this is happening all over the world. And there's just something yeah. about that. I mean, these young men, mostly young men, that are going back and they're going to be fighting for their country, their homeland. Um, that really says something. Yeah, and, you know, the individuals you're speaking about are what's known as lone soldiers. And uh, I'm from Florida. We are connected to the tune of hundreds, if not maybe even thousands of lone soldiers, uh, Jews that have a birthright citizenship that are also serving in the IDF, but are, you know, were maybe born in the United States of America over there serving in the military. Um, and there will be more that answer mm. the call as a, as a result of that. So just my area of the world is so deeply connected in that way uh, to, to Israel. Well, uh, I'm Baptist, but God be with uh, our, our brothers and sisters in Israel. And, uh, of course, uh, they're in the, in the state of Florida, as you mentioned. Uh, Congressman, man, we really appreciate your time. Uh, we've kept you over. I know you've got a busy day, but thank you very much. Thank you for the questions. Take care. All right. Uh, there you go, Congressman Brian Mast. And we do, on this, on this radio program, ladies and gentlemen, we stand with the nation of Israel, and we support these lone soldiers, as the congressman described them, as they're heading back, they have birthright citizenship, and they're going to stand and, and fight, and we stand alongside them. All right, got to take a break here, folks. 844-747-8868. That's our telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. Uh, folks, be listening to your local radio station or watch Newsmax. Um, coming up at 3 o'clock Eastern, they are expecting the vote uh, for the next speaker. Now, you just heard Congressman Brian Mast drop a few breaking news items, one of them being that, that Scalise may not necessarily have the votes. There may be some McCarthy holdouts. There also may be a few Jim Jordan holdouts. But it would be interesting if we saw the if we saw the the more establishment Republicans actually step up and try to block Scalise from becoming speaker. So we'll we'll watch that. We'll see how that plays out. Honestly, I just think people are tired. I think the American people are tired. I think members of Congress are tired. They want to get this done. And as you heard from Nancy Mace a few days ago, we had her on the show, and she said, look, it, everybody knew 
Everybody knew that Kevin McCarthy would tell you one thing and turn around and tell somebody else something else. So I don't think there's that much love lost up on Capitol Hill for Kevin McCarthy. All right, let's go to the phones here. John in Moorhead City, North Carolina, wants to weigh in on the next speaker. Hey, John, what you got for us? Todd, I think we need to have the speaker, once he gets the gavel sworn in, it says, you go home right now and at 3 a.m. report to duty, and we're going to be here until 11 p.m. that night, and every night from there on, 3 a.m. to 11 p.m., four to eight hours are going to be committee time only. You get 45 minutes to eat and do whatever you need to for each of the meals, breakfast, lunch, and supper. And if you don't like that, go home and resign. I love that idea, John. I, you know what I would do? I would, I, you know what? I'd call my friends over at King Cotton and send up a, a tractor trailer full of bologna. And uh, we'll get the folks over at uh, Bunny Bread. They'll throw some Bunny Bread. We'll, get, we'll feed them bologna sandwiches. That's all they're going to be eating. We'll give them some water. Or maybe we'll send up some Milo sweet tea uh, in the jug. And that's it. And they got, we'll lock them in there. And just like they used to do the, uh, the Cardinals hundreds of years ago, that when they were trying to figure out who the next Pope was going to be, John, they locked him in a room, fed him bread and water, and lickety split, they came up with, uh, with somebody. So I think this is a great idea, getting the work of the people done, John. Remember that one congressman that bought the bucket of fried chicken into his committee? Oh, Lord. They can eat yeah. right then. Just like him. That's our guy. Yeah, give him a bucket of chicken and tell him to do the committee work and then get back on the floor of the house with clean hands and do their jobs. Yeah, if get, they can't do their jobs, go home. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that was uh, Congressman Steve Cohen. We call him finger-licking Cohen around here. Somebody get the guy a wet wipe. That was disgusting, putting on the greasy. Ugh, disgusting. All right, John, a great call, and it's a great idea. So there you go. Uh, folks, uh, just another breaking news cycle, and uh, we do our best to bring you the live, real-time analysis here. We're going to do it all over again tomorrow. We have some great guests coming your way. Also going to be talking to uh, some folks that are very involved in the um, in the fight in Israel. In the meantime, head over to ToddSterns.com. Lots of great information for you there. You got the free podcast. You got the free newsletter and lots of other great information as well. All right, folks, get out there. You be good, America, and let's pray for Israel. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.